tonight. If you'll turn there, Matthew chapter 27, I plan on being brief if possible. I do want to take some time during invitation uh, to have just a special time of prayer. I know we did on Wednesday night. Appreciate Brother Nate preaching and standing in for us while we were away at my wife's grandfather. And uh, he is home and uh, is stable, still not quite out of the woods, but I appreciate your prayers for them. And I appreciate Brother Nate taking the service and uh, the time of prayer there. We're going to do it again tonight. Just spend some time in prayer for our people, lifting them up to the Lord. Uh, And then we have a baptism. And so uh, I'm thankful for that. And we're going to try to make sure we preach what God says preach, but not tarry too long on chasing rabbits. Amen. Amen. There was a good opportunity. You missed it. Proverbs chapter 27. Look down at, I'm not sorry, Matthew chapter 27. My brain is about shot. Verse 62 Matthew 27, look down about verse 62, and we're reading right at the time of the resurrection of Christ, prior to the resurrection of Christ. Uh, He has been taken off of the cross and put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And we're going to pick up in verse 62 as, uh, as the other side, as we'll put them tonight, begin making their plans on what they're going to do. The Bible says in verse 62, now the next day that followed the day of preparation, The chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so that the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now let's pray together, and I believe the Lord's going to give us something that will help us real time right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the power and the truth that is in it. I pray that we would glean from your word in the message tonight what you'd have us to have. And Lord, I pray we'd receive it and allow the Holy Spirit to say as he would have been said tonight in our heart, help us receive it to our lives, help us respond to it, bless the invitation time we ask. And I pray that we would take this message and Lord, allow it to change us that we might be better witnesses during this uh, amazing, unprecedented time we're living in. And I thank you for using us through it in Jesus' name, amen. These are indeed very unique times we're living in. Uh, I go back and forth by trying to decide whether or not uh, they are troubling or exciting. And I think we could probably have a mixture of the both. Sometimes they're very troubling as we look at what's going on in the world and we see things coming to pass uh, that we've heard about really all of our life and generations before us have heard about. I believe we're seeing some of that take place. And some of those things are very exciting, but some of the things that are leading up to those events are troubling for us. And there is an abundance of speculation out there on what exactly is going on in our world, what's happening in our country and politics. And to be honest with you, I don't know that anyone but the Lord knows exactly what's going on. Even those that are being used by the powers of darkness to bring about some of the events that are taking place, I don't even believe they know exactly what they're being used to bring about, which is ultimately the will of God. But I do believe our Father knows, and He wants us uh, to be stable during these times. Uh, If you're not careful, you're going to read all of what's going on in the news. You're going to watch all the videos that that come across social media. Uh, Some of it is true. We're going to talk about that some next Sunday morning. I want to encourage you to be here for that as we look at how a Christian should respond to the 
current events of society that we're living in right now and the era that we're living in. But with all that's going on and all that we can see on the news, we can get on social media, we can hear real time from people. Uh, you know, used to you had to write letters to people. You had to wait two or three days or maybe a week to get something in the mail. But now information travels at the speed of light. And you can hear about all different kind of things that may be going on or someone heard that is going on. And after a while, your head is spinning, is it not? And your heart is racing, trying to keep up with what may be about to happen in the next few hours. I was thinking this afternoon about I went hunting with a buddy the other day in Louisiana, and he has a real nice place to hunt, and uh, I really just wanted to get out in the woods, and I sat there, and I was watching deer, and the stand he put me in had a lane out front, a lane to the right, a lane to the left, a lane down to my back left, and a lane back to my, down to my back right. That's five total. There are five shooting lanes off of this stand, and this place is eat up with deer. I saw about 30, 35 deer that one time I was hunting in that stand, and there were so many deer, I was looking down this lane, looking down this lane, and I constantly was looking down these lanes to see what was happening. This is no exaggeration. The stand that I was hunting had a rearview mirror where you could see the lane behind you. And I kept checking the rearview mirror, seeing what was walking behind me, and I'm looking around. After a while, literally, my neck was getting tired of constantly turning around, trying to see what was going on around me. Now, folks, that's the way things are right now with us. We've got so much going on around us, our head is going to get whiplash, trying to keep up with what's really happening, what we think is happening, and what other people think is happening. And after a while, you know what it's going to do to you? It's going to paralyze you. It's going to paralyze you. Have you ever heard the phrase of paralysis by analysis? Paralysis by analysis. You're going to try to keep up with all that's going on, and after a while, you are just going to be frozen in your tracks trying to figure out what on earth is going on. And the truth of the matter is tonight, it's not God's intention we live that way, particularly in times like these. God doesn't want us to be shaken by the circumstances of what we're going through. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to be a guiding light during these times. We're supposed to be that lighthouse up on the hill in the midst of the storm that people can find their way by. If anybody should be consistent right now, it's the people of God. And yet we get sucked into all of this, all right? I understand. Last Saturday night, a week ago last night, I'm sitting there watching things transpire on Parlor and the Vatican and went out and it went dark and roadblocks popping up. And I'm thinking, here we go. I don't know what's about to happen, but something's going down. Nothing happened, all right? Nothing happened. I mean, I had the gun out, you know, putting the hard hats on the wife and daughter, you know, getting the bunker. That's just the bathtub, you know. We don't have a bunker at our house. Hop over. No, not really. My wife would have looked at me like, are you nuts, you know. We're safe. We know where we're going. Hey, let's get a good night's rest if the world's going to end tomorrow. But this is what happens to us. We get sucked into that. And look, I'm not saying it's all false. I've had, I've had dozens upon dozens upon dozens. I have friends all over the world, and they're sending me videos and things to watch, asking, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I said, look, it could be true, but if it is, what are you going to do differently? All right? I mean, look, a redneck with a shotgun, I hate to tell you, you don't stand much of a chance. All right? Now, it's a valiant thought, but you've got to decide, you know what, if it all is true, if it all is true, what are you going to do differently? I'm going to go about the will of God for my life. Why? Because that's why I'm here. But here's what I want to help you with tonight, all right? I really do want to help you. I don't want to, uh, to beat you up at all. I want to show you how to keep on living when it seems like the world is conspiring against us, all right? 
I want to show you how to keep on living as, uh, when it feels like the world is entirely conspiring against us. And tonight I want to give you three tools that will help. Last Sunday night I gave you four. This morning I gave you four. I don't want to wear you out. So I'm just going to give you three tonight, all right? Tonight we're going to get three things and three tools that will help you confront the conspiracy, all right? Three tools that will help you confront the conspiracy. Now let's go back to the context of Matthew chapter 27. What's happening in verse 62 and verse 63? The soldiers are literally conspiring to attempt to derail the work of God. Is that not what they're doing? What do they say in verse 63? Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. What are they doing? They are conspiring, all right? They are literally conspiring to stop the work of God and the work of Christ that is there. Now, they're seeking to put an end to the narrative that he is the Messiah. That's what they're trying to do, all right? They're going to try to do all that they can to conspire to stop what God is trying to do and ultimately discourage his followers from carrying on with what he left them to do. Is that not what's happening? What did they say? so that the last error shall be worse than the first. They feared his people continuing on with what he started. Therefore, they conspired to put an end to all of that. Now, although we can look into this and see some veiled political motivations, I want you to understand something. This is nothing less than the work of iniquity, all right? This is nothing less than the work of iniquity. Yes, they could use political excuse and national excuses why they were doing what they were doing. But what's happening here, the conspiring and the conspiracy of what's taking place here is nothing less than the work of iniquity. Now, how does that help us tonight? How does that help us in the world that we're living in? Number one, the first way to confront the conspiracy is recognize the works of iniquity. All right? Recognize the works of iniquity. Now, it's easy to get distracted by the current puppets that are on stage. All right? It's easy to get distracted by that. Oh, what about this guy? Is he the Antichrist? Oh, I'm not sure. We're trying to figure all that out. It's not for us to figure out. All right? Don't get distracted by the puppets. We look at the politics, and we see all that's going on, and we see this puppet arguing at this puppet. What you really need to be looking at is whose hand's in the puppet. All right? And you figure out who's controlling the puppets that are out there. And ultimately, this is nothing to do with politics. Nothing. This is the work of iniquity. We see what's happening in our country today is really just a continuation of what's happening here in Matthew chapter 27. This is good versus evil. That's exactly what it is. We get distracted by Democrat versus Republican, conservative versus liberal. No, 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 no. You've got to see deeper beyond that. What we're seeing transpire on the great stage of planet Earth at this place in the history of the world is nothing less than the works of iniquity. It's good versus evil. I believe tonight, and I believe I'm right on this, the truth is we're nearing the final scene of something that's been, an act that's been taking place long before mankind started up in heaven. The devil decided he wanted the throne. God threw him out, threw him down to earth. As a matter of fact, I'll read some verses for you. Genesis chapter 3, we see some of the first shots that were fired in this battle. Genesis chapter 3, we see the deception of Adam and Eve, or Eve and Adam. 
And after it happened, we see the curse that is called down from God upon the serpent. The Bible says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the very beginning of the word of God. All right? It didn't start right here in Matthew chapter 27. It didn't just start here in 2020. This started long before we ever graced this planet. And what we're seeing take place is a continuing act. I'm not in, I should have asked Miss Lapone. She knows about the stage. I don't know if it's an act or a scene, but we're just in the next part of the show, all right? This is all part of the program. It's exactly what the Lord said was going to happen, all right? Is the world conspiring against us? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Bible says in Thessalonians that the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and that was in Paul's day, all right? So is there a conspiracy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, folks, we don't need to waste our time trying to figure out the politics because the politics is just a facade of ultimately what's been going on since long before the dawn of man. It's good versus evil. 1 John chapter 3, listen to what the Bible says right after Right after Adam and Eve's sin, we know that Cain killed his brother. Now, why did Cain kill Abel? You've got to go to 1 John to find that out. Verse 3, I'll read it for you. Verse 12, chapter 3, verse 12. The Bible says, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Question mark. Why did he kill him? Keep reading. The Bible says, Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. It's playing out. It's playing out. Is there a conspiracy? Absolutely. It's not Republican and Democrat. It's not liberal and conservative. It's good versus evil. And our Father knew about it all along. All right? Now, how does that help us? It ought to calm us down just a little bit. It's happening exactly the way the Lord said it was going to happen. We should take comfort in that. Now, here's what I find interesting. These guys are going to try their best. What I love, what I love is what they said here. Verse number uh, 65. Pilate says unto them, Go your way, make it as sure as you can. He says, you try real hard now. What does it say, verse 66? So they went, they made sepulcher, the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Oh, they're trying their best to derail it. They're going to give it the best shot, but we know they were going to fail. All right? Now, can I tell you something as the people of God tonight? Let's not get sucked into all the conspiracies of the facade of the politics that's taking place. Let's see behind the facade and realize this is good versus evil, and we know how the story ends. We win. We win, all right? That should give us comfort when the conspiracies start flying around. We know what's really happening. It should settle us down that this is what was supposed to happen all along, and our God knew it, and our God saw it coming. Matthew chapter 2, when Christ was born, what did Herod do? Did away with all the children. Started slaughtering the innocent. Always a sign of the wicked when they kill the innocent, by the way. That's not politics. That's Bible. Started killing all the, the infants under the age of two. What was he doing? Oh, he was just worried about his throne and retaining his throne. No, this was good versus evil. The fight was continuing in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted. Why is the devil tempting Jesus? He's trying to derail it. If he can get him to sin, he's derailed him. The fight continued on. We see in Acts chapter 6. Stephen, Stephen gets up and preaches, and buddy, does he preach. He was not politically correct, was he? He just gets up and lays, look, if I'm going to be stoned, that's how I want to go out, preaching like that. I don't want to tiptoe. I just want to get up and preach. Now, I don't want to be stoned. 
All right, I'm just throwing that out there too. I don't want to be stoned. But man, if you got to go out for preaching, that's the kind of preaching you want to go out on. What did they do? They killed him. You know what that is? Censorship. Nothing new. Why did they try to censor Stephen? Because it was truth. It was truth. Truth cuts. It hurts. The Bible says they stop their ears. And after a while, if they, if they can't, they don't want to hear it, they're going to stop the one who's saying it. Nothing new is it. Why? Because what we're seeing here is the works of iniquity. And we see the desperation of the powers of darkness. They know they have but a little time. They know time is short. I have been just amazed at how quickly things unraveled in our country. And how quick the media just came out and how quick that, man, all of a sudden, everybody just, they showed their hand real quickly. It's no longer this, this closet infiltration of, of conservatism. No, they just like, this is who we are and we're proud of it. Why? They know they have but a little time. What you're seeing unfold on the stage of the world, it's the works of iniquity. And listen, that ought to help you confront the conspiracy. Are they conspiring? Yes. He said they would. And the Bible shows us right here in Matthew 27. Here they are conspiring against Jesus himself. So what do we need to do? We need to look past the politics and see the prophecy. Okay? Look past the politics and see the prophecy. Look, nothing wrong with standing up for your country. There's nothing wrong for standing up for what's right. There's nothing wrong with trying to be informed. But be careful. After a while, it's going to have your head on a swivel, and you're going to be all, listen, just nervous Nelly, not able to go about the will of God for your life, when the truth of the matter is our Father prepared us for this, and he even gives a great example of when they conspired against his son. Just all part of the program. Here's the sad truth. The sad truth is tonight we don't recognize it. We don't recognize it for what it is. We really do believe it's the facade of Democrat and Republican and conservative and liberal. It's not. The devil loves it when he sees his children get uh, in fights between the elephant and the donkey. They're just going to fight over that, fight over that. He's like, they have no clue. It has nothing to do with that. All right? The elephant and the donkey, both of them are just puppets. All right? You got to figure out who's controlling the puppets. And we see the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, what does it say? We say we believe it, but I don't know that we believe it. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not, it has anything to do with politics. This has nothing to do with an election. It has everything to do with the works of iniquity. It's unfolding before us tonight. And here we are, arguing over these little things. And the devil's like, they don't have a clue. I fear, I fear for too long we've ignored the fact. The Bible says that we wrestle against powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're seeing in our world right now. How do you confront the conspiracy? Confront it with the truth that God knew what, this was going to happen. And he even foretold us that it was going to happen. Now, why don't we get it? Why don't we get it? Why are we so shaken by the things? Now, look, I don't look forward to it. I really don't, all right? I mean, I, I went out the other day, my wife, Miss Sarah and my wife were laughing at me. Uh, I went to the grocery store the other day when, uh, you know, it looked like the, everything's about to fall apart. And uh, my wife usually didn't let me go grocery shopping because I come home with all kinds of things that she didn't know we needed. And I found this little salvage grocery store. I went to Walmart. They were kind of sold out of a lot of stuff. I found this little salvage grocery store over there in Petal. My soul. I, I didn't know there were so many varieties of chicken tenders. 
Buffalo chicken tenders, stick chicken fingers, you know, all the, I got, I got, I came home with all, Miss Sarah and my wife are laughing. My wife just found out her grandfather had a stroke and she's crying. I sent Miss Sarah over there to comfort her because I was at the grocery store getting all kind of food for survival. I said, if we're going out, I got cheese sticks, I got buffalo shrimp. I mean, look, if we're going out, we're going to have a good time on our way. We're going to eat good. Don't come to my house, all right? It's for me and my family. Don't come over. I'm not going to share with you. I don't like those thoughts. I don't like showing my daughter how to use the AR and the pistol, all right? It kind of makes me nervous. I don't like those thoughts. I don't enjoy them. But you know what gives me peace? Peace is knowing that even though the works of iniquity are taking place before our eyes, it was all part of the plan, and our father saw that all along. Now, why don't we get that? Why are we so shaken and so moved by that? This I want you to see tonight. Look back to verse 63. I want to show you why the conspiracies get to us. Look at verse 63. It says, sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. Boy, I'm going to tell you, this hit me upside the head like a ton of bricks. You know what they're doing? Do you know what they're doing? They are preparing. They're not panicked. They're preparing. Why are they prepared? And yet, I want, to, I want to show you something right quick. Look at John chapter 20, real quickly. John chapter 20, I want to show you something. I want to contrast the two different reactions to what's going on. John chapter 20, look down to verse number 13. Here's Mary appearing at the tomb. Look, we're just a, just a few hours apart, all right? Stick with me here. Mary stood without the sepulcher, verse 11, weeping, as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Now watch verse 13. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Now watch this. She's panicked. She's panicked. And what are the powers of darkness doing here? Those that have gone before Pilate, what are they doing? They're preparing. Now, why is she panicked, and why are they preparing? The answer is back in verse 63. It says, remember that the deceiver said. Here's what's sad. The second way to confront the conspiracy is to remember the word of the Lord. Here's what's sad. The enemies remembered what he said better than the people he said it to. That's why... They were prepared, and they were panicked. They said, the deceiver said, can I tell you tonight, if you just remembered what he said, by the way, thank God for his word. He preserved it for us at any time and every time. But oh, in times like these, doesn't it mean so much to us? If we just remembered what he said, we would be more prepared and less panicked. They remembered what Christ had said. You see, that's the difference between us and those people that are continuing to be witnesses through this. They know what God has said. I'm so thankful for our Bible reading calendars we have. I hope you're, you're staying up with yours. Matter of fact, I read through chapter 27 in my Bible reading. When I stumbled across verse 63, that's where the Lord began to work about uh, the message. But we have the word of God. And in the Word of God, you know what the Word of God is? It's what our Father wants us to know. 
Second Peter, the Bible tells us in verse, chapter 1, verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice that. He's given us all things that pertain unto life. Aren't you glad God has given us everything we need for life? And most of it, listen, is preserved for us in his word. And if we'll just go back to his word and what he said, all of a sudden, rather than be panicked about what's going on, we'll be preparing for what's going on. It's hard to do anything for the Lord. It's hard to be a witness when we're running around all panicked. That's why John chapter 14, I read it yesterday at the graveside for Brother Roger McNair. What does it begin with? John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you know where he put that? He put it in his word. Let not your heart be troubled. What is he trying to do? Prepare us. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. But he began with, let not your heart be troubled. Do you know why we're, we're troubled? We don't remember what he said. If we just remembered what he said, we wouldn't be troubled. First Thessalonians chapter 4, oftentimes we use that at the graveside. First Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible talks about those that sleep. And what does it say at the end of that passage when it says the Lord's going to bring them back with him? Comfort one another with these words. He wants us to have comfort. You know what that is? He wants us to be prepared. Our Father not only wants us to be prepared for life, he wants us to be prepared when folks leave this life. He wants us to be comforted and not panicked. How do we do that? Remember what he said. Remember what he said. What do the angels tell Mary at the tomb? Don't you remember what he told you? Don't you remember what he told you? He said this was going to happen. And he said he was going to rise again. Why are you acting so panicked? She forgot what he said. Now here's what's sad. I look out in our world. I do believe there are wicked people in high places even in our country. And they know very well what's going on. And they know very well what they're doing. I believe for a long time the powers of darkness in this world have been playing chess while the church has been playing checkers. We're sitting over here barking and fighting and scrapping amongst ourselves over the facade while they're backstage putting together the great sham that would one day sweep America off its feet. Why? Because we don't know what he said. We don't know what he preserved for us in his book. Rather than live in obedience to what God said, you know what we do? We live more by the opinions of others. Now, folks, look. I believe there's a lot of scary stuff happening in America right now. I really do. I don't know what's going to happen at the inauguration day. I can't tell you. People are asking me. I'm not a prophet. There was a prophet named Jeremiah, but I'm not him. I'm just Jeremiah. All right, that's it. Jeremiah the pastor, not Jeremiah the prophet. I don't know what's about to happen, but God does. And he doesn't want me to be troubled over it. So that I can't go about and do his will. Here's what we do. We get our phones. Look, I'm guilty, guilty, guilty as the next guy. And we're watching these videos. And we're seeing what's going on. All that's taking place. And a lot of it, to be honest, is opinions. And we're, listen, we're allowing our temperament and we're allowing our countenance to be shaped and molded by others' opinions rather than obedience to what God has said. Do you know what God has said? It's truth. You don't have to fact check this stuff, buddy. It's truth. All right? All right, And this tells us how we ought to think, how we ought to live, and how we should respond to the world we're living in. All right, There's no fact-checking this. It's automatically true. And yet, man, you say, I know it says that, man. I've been watching this guy on this video. 
Watch this guy. He was going down the road. And he videoed himself and he told about what he heard somebody said is going down. I don't know. Maybe it is true. All right? Maybe it is true. I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I know if it conflicts with what I know is true, I'm turning the video off. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is simply this. You're allowing someone's opinion shape your countenance rather than your obedience to shape your resolve for the will and word of God in times like these. We are left here for such a time as this. We're not the people that should be running around like chickens with our heads cut off. We should be resolved about the will of God for our life. And even though we don't like what's going on, I don't like it one bit. I don't like the thought of my daughter growing up in a communist nation. I don't like it one bit. But if it happens, we deserved it. Why? Because we left God behind. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. We have forgotten him. And if our nation is turned into hell, then guess what? We deserve it. Because we met the biblical qualifications for destruction and nobody is above the law. All right? Now hear me out tonight. I don't like the thought of it. I don't revel in it. I'm not sitting back acting like uh, nothing's going to happen. I don't like it at all. But the will of God's got to go on. And if things are shaking me from that based on the opinions of others, I need to go back and remember the word of the Lord. Why? Because it's true. That's fact. Turn with me real quickly. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I said I was going to preach short. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. You know, we don't know. The Lord could come back. This is my last time. I like to go out swinging. Amen. 2 Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Man, that's a tongue tire tonight. Chapter number 3. Look down, if you will. Verse number 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Is that the truth? Absolutely. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Now notice what he says there. He says in verse number 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. You know what they're wanting to do? They're wanting to remain faithful. They're wanting to remain faithful. Now folks, that ought to be our desire tonight. Sometimes I feel like we, we... uh, we get caught up in the emotions of the moment. And I get that. I'm an emotional guy. But sometimes we've got to set the emotions to the, side, to the side and decide we're going to be faithful. I just want to be faithful no matter what. Listen, what does it say? That the, Lord, that the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. It says, hey, we want to make sure we keep doing what we're doing. Pray that we're able to keep doing what we're doing. How do we do that? Remember the word of the Lord. Number three. Let's go back to Matthew real quick. Go back to Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to be done tonight and have a time of prayer, and then we're going to have a baptism. Verse 63, the Bible says, saying, Sir, we remember that the deliverer, deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. They knew what he said, and they were preparing. If we just knew what he said, we prepare as well. You look down to verse 65, Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. And boy, it seems like that in our world right now, doesn't it? It seems like they're doing all they can. They're doing all they can. Powers of darkness are. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. If they had remembered what God had said and what Christ had told them, they would have been able to confront the conspiracy that was going on around them with the third thing, and that's this. They would have been able to rest in the will of God. Rest in the will of God. 
There's a reason Psalms 119, 165 says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now watch this. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You know what the word offend means? Cause to stumble. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall cause them to stumble. You see, if you'll remember the word of the Lord, you can confront the conspiracy by resting in his will. I'm just going to rest in his will. He says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. I'm just about ready to check the perilous box, aren't you? Or just about there. But it's okay. Why? I'm resting in his will, and I have great peace. Now, folks, if Paul could have peace on his way to Jerusalem, knowing that in front of him, bonds and afflictions were waiting on him, that may happen to us before the Lord takes us out of here. There may be bonds and afflictions waiting on the people of God. I mean, what's happened in the last three weeks alone scares me to think, you know what? They're probably watching tonight. Hi, Mom. You never know. But yet Paul says, I go bound in the Spirit. Paul was going peaceably toward difficult circumstances. How did he do that? Because he knew it was the will of God. He says, the Spirit the Spirit's let him know that as he goes on this journey, this is his will, even though it's going to be difficult. Now, we're going to go through difficult times. The Bible says the last days, perilous times shall come. Well, we can rest in that. How did Daniel sleep in the lion's den? How did Daniel sleep in the lion's den? He knew he had done the will of God. When you know you're doing the will of God, look, it's no mistake you were born when you were born. It's no mistake that you're here right now. You as Esther and you and I, we are here for such a time as this. God placed us here for now. That's the exciting part, all right? It's almost like a kamikaze mission. I know that. It's an exciting thought that God left us here for now, that God placed us here for this time and this purpose. And even though it's not looking like it's very inviting in the future, I can rest in the will of God. That's how I confront conspiracy. I look around and I see it seems like the world's conspiring against us. They are conspiring against us. But here's all the thing you have to decide you're going to do. What are you going to do? Are you going to be influenced by the opinions of others or be motivated by your obedience to God? Are you going to be influenced by all the opinions of everybody right now or motivated by your obedience to God? One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 16, verse 3. The Bible says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I used to get that verse backwards. I thought it was commit thy thoughts unto the Lord and thy works. It seems like it would make more sense that way. Commit your thoughts unto the Lord and then your work shall be established. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it starts with a thought and becomes a work. But no, God knew exactly what he was saying. Commit thy works unto the Lord. Do you know what that means? Decide what you're going to do. Decide what you're going to do. What is the work? It's what you're going to do. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the will of God. Now watch what happens. Once I make up my mind, I'm doing the will of God. Regardless of the conspiracy, I'm doing the will of God. Regardless of what's going on in politics, I'm going to do the will of God. But watch what it does for me. It gives me peace. Why? Now my thoughts are established. I'm not influenced by the opinions of others. My thoughts are established. You say, well, what about this? What about that? Get a shotgun. Where we get some ammo? Where we bury this and bury that? Man, I don't know. My thoughts are established. Why? Because I've decided I've got to do the will of God. 
God's called me to pastor Central Baptist Church. Hattiesburg burns down. Guess what? I'm still called to pastor Central Baptist Church. My calling hasn't changed. And so therefore, deciding I'm going to do what I'm called to do, my thoughts are established, okay? I know what I've got to do. And I'm going to have peace. And even though the conspiracies whirl around us, and some of them may be true, I can confront the conspiracies with three things. Number one, recognize the works of iniquity. The politicians are just puppets. Don't let them scare you. Don't let them unsettle you. They have no idea that they're being used to bring about the will of God. Oh, Pilate sits up there. Don't you know I could take your life? Oh, Jesus gives it back to him, don't you? Pilate was just being used to bring about the will of God. All right? Pilate was just a little puppet bringing about the will of God. These guys on the world stage, they have no idea who they're being used for. But I'll tell you this, we as the people of God can see right through it. Number one, recognize the works of iniquity. Number two, remember the word of the Lord. Can I ask you tonight, are you preparing or are you panicking? That's going to tell you whether or not you've remembered what he said. He told us perilous times are going to come. And if you will remember the word of the Lord, can I tell you what's going to happen? You can rest in the will of God, knowing this is his will. It's coming about. And what a privilege it is. I've said this a lot, but I mean this. What a privilege. If this is the last lap of this race, that we get to be the anchor leg. Wow. You know the guy that runs the anchor leg? I used to run track. Wasn't the best, but I enjoyed running. Now I just enjoy watching people run. Amen? The guy on the anchor leg, whether you're ahead or behind, the guy on the anchor leg, it's up to him to finish the race and to bring it home. That's his job. I cannot see beyond my lifetime. I can't see how my generation, the Lord's going to wait beyond my I can't see it. I think we're it. I think years ago, in the omniscience of God, he looked down and he decided, I want that group of people right there to run the last lap for Central Baptist Church. Wow. We've been entrusted with the baton of eternity to finish this thing strong. So therefore, what do we need to do? Don't be shaken. Don't be moved by the opinions and the conspiracies. Because if you've committed your works unto the Lord, what you're going to do, your thoughts will be established. And can I tell you, when your thoughts are established, they're a witness to the lost world. When they see that stability in your life. So tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to encourage you, I really do.